Welcome to Cross Communities Podcast. We're glad you're here to listen today. We would love to connect with you today for listening to our podcast. Please fill out a connect card on our website at c3naz.net. You can also support the ministries of Cross Community by giving online on our website. We hope that today's message will strengthen your faith and help you to love God and people more. All right. Well, glad you're here today. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open them to the book of Romans. And I want to call your attention to this really quick. At the end of the service today, we will be taking communion or the Lord's Supper. And uh, you should have received one of those as you walked in the door. If you did not get one, we want to go ahead and do that because we don't want to interrupt the service at the end. We're going to kind of transition quickly from one into the next. So if you need one, you didn't get one, would you go ahead and raise your hand? We also want you to know if you're new here... You don't have to be a member of Cross Community Church in order to take communion with us. All you have to do is to be hungry for Jesus. If you're hungry for Jesus, come to his table. He wants you to be fed. And so if you would like that, go ahead and raise your hand. We have one over here. We're going to make sure that we uh, everybody has uh, what they need. All right? You can just once you have that, you can set it to the side. We'll end the service. With that, today is going to be a bit of a short uh, teaching time, if that's okay. I usually get amens for that. But I want to do a short teaching time because I want us then to enter in to do a, a prayerful exercise together and then move from there into our time of the Lord's Supper. And so uh, we're going to get started right away. I forgot my clicker. Deidre's back there uh, looking for me, see if she can find it. But let's go ahead and read this together. This is Romans chapter 1. And we're just going to kind of hang out in this these three verses for the next few weeks. Is that going to be okay? And today, we're, we're I'm going to read all three verses because it's short. But today we're only going to be dealing with the first verse. So Romans chapter 1, beginning at verse 14. Hear the word of the Lord. This is Paul speaking. I am obligated both to Greeks and non-Greeks, both to the wise and the foolish. That is why I am so eager to preach the gospel also to you who are in Rome. I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for salvation of everyone who believes, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. For in the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. This is the Word of God for the people of God, both here and online, and our response is, thanks be to God. Well, I I said this is going to be a brief teaching time, so I want us to jump right in. If you're new to the book of Romans or new to the Bible, I want you to know that Romans, what we call the book of Romans, was actually a letter from Paul, the apostle, you may have heard his name, to a church in Rome. Now, 
Here's the interesting part and what makes Romans a little bit different. Paul, you know, had been, uh, had been confronted by Jesus on the road to Damascus. And he was sent out as a missionary. We're going to get into this a little bit more later on. He was sent out as a missionary to those who were not Jewish. Jesus and his disciples were all Jewish men. And when he ascended, he sent the Holy Spirit into his, his followers and they began to worship him and set up communities that met within the synagogues declaring that Jesus was God's Messiah, the, the long-awaited one, and something had changed the entire world through him. Now Paul was a dedicated Jewish Pharisee. That meant he had memorized the first five books of our Bible, about that much of the Bible, by memory. Not only that, but he would have known what every significant teacher of Judaism had said about each of those verses that he had memorized. We're talking a serious follower of the Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures. And he did not like these new Christians talking about this. He did not think it was right. He needed them to narrow the, the, the borders. And he was going to use violence, if necessary, to make sure that that took place. This is Paul. But as I said, he was confronted by the risen Jesus. And it changed everything in his world. And Paul, as this one who was longing to throw up the walls and draw the boundaries became the one who Jesus toppled the walls and sent him out in the humor that only God could have to minister to those who were not Jewish. And he began to set up communities of Jesus followers around, around the Mediterranean. And most of the letters that we have in the Bible is Paul writing to one of those communities that he founded. What makes Romans different is that Paul didn't found the church in Rome. He was writing to them. He had heard about them and their faith, but he was writing a letter to them because of something that was going on. When it initially founded, whoever founded it, it was probably groups of Jewish Christians who were now opening up and beginning to proclaim Jesus to non-Jewish Christians. And what would happen is that that service in that little church would look a lot like the Jewish services that they had grown up with. And they would probably, those non-Jewish people, would start looking at what the Jewish folks were eating. And they would probably start eating some of that. And they would hear those prayers and start learning. And, and the Bible was the old, what we call the Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures. They would have started learning that. But in Rome, something happened. The Jews got blamed for something. I know that's hard to believe. And the emperor put all Jews, including Jesus-following Jews, out of the city of Rome. All that was left were the non-Jewish Christians, followers of Jesus. And that was like that for five years. And then a new emperor came along and everything changed. And those Jewish Christians were now able to come back. And they came back probably thinking the church hadn't survived. But they found that the church was thriving. But it looked entirely different. 
And there began to be conflicts. Who's in charge here? And what should we be doing? And, and what scriptures? And, and what, is, what is going on? And there was beginning to be tension in this thing. And it is into this moment, into this time, that Paul, the apostle, who doesn't know anyone in that church, is inspired by the Holy Spirit to sit down and write a letter to this church. And we're going to look at that today. The first thing that's interesting about this, that we look at our very first verse, verse 14, is that he says to them, I am obligated, both to Greeks and non-Greeks, both to the wise and the unwise. He says that he's obligated. That's an interesting word, an interesting phrase. And and you know me, we're going to look at the Greek word for obligated here. The Greek word for obligated is the word Ophelates. Can we say that together? One, two, three. Ophelates. Let's say it one more time together. Ready? One, two, three. Ophelates. And one more time so you dream about it. One, two, three. Ophelates. Ophelates means obligated, yes, but in a specific way. He says literally it is one who owes something. And usually when we talk about owing something, what are you and I talking about? Money. That's right. I like that, Stephen. Stephen's doing the money symbol. Oh, we owe something. Paul uses this term to say to these people that he's never met, that he doesn't know, that he owes them something. He's obligated to them. He even says this in the way that he writes the sentence. I want you to see this. This isn't just like, oh yeah, I owe you one. This is something that he means at the core of who he is. I, I know you were looking for a Greek sentence structure lesson today. But, but, to, but what I want you to understand, when we write, we have a specific way that things have to flow from subject to uh, a verb, and then there's a direct object, and you know, and it kind of flows in that pattern for most of our sentences. Greek, it's not that way. Greek, you can have the direct object at the very beginning. What's most important is the earlier in the sentence that it is, the more emphasis it should get. The, the, the more prominence it has, the more important it is. And so if we were to look at this verse, the way Paul wrote it, and translate it literally word for word, it, it will sound like Yoda, but it would look like this. Greeks and barbarians, wise and unwise, indebted to am I. I mean, does that show you where Paul places himself? At the very end. And I am indebted. I owe. I am obligated to you. And you, Greeks and barbarians, wise and unwise, you, to you, I owe something. And I'm placing myself at the very end. This this is something he means deeply at the core of who he is. That he is approaching them humbly, with something that he feels he owes them. Why does he say this? I mean, he is the apostle, Paul. Right? Like, he's the guy. 
He, he, you know, he's, he's the guy who's going to write like two-thirds of the New Testament. He's the guy who had founded churches all around the Mediterranean. He's the guy, most importantly, who had a one-on-one, face-to-face encounter with Jesus Christ, risen and glorified. He's the one who had the encounter. He's the one who had his world turned upside down. He's the one who had scales fall from his eyes so he could see that the walls were down that everything had changed and he was the one he's the guy you would think it would be the other way around like that roman the roman church would be writing to paul hey paul you think you could come over our way we'd like for you to preach to us maybe do a revival or two we'll get a big tent set up outside the city no paul hears about what's going on and he says I'm obliged to you. And even in the way I write the sentence, I'm putting myself last. And I feel that feeling like you have when you owe someone so much. He's saying that to the church in Rome that's in tension right now. I believe that he said this because for a divided people like the church of Rome was, he is burdened for them to see past the walls that they are beginning to construct. He wants to remind them. He wants them to know just like it happened for him, it needs to happen for them. Don't let what's going on in your city, don't let what's going on in that big place of Rome begin to cause division. It only leads to destruction and violence. And I want you to hear good news. I feel burdened to share the good news that because Jesus has changed everything, the walls are down and we can go out and there's a place for you and I to belong. And I am burdened. I'm indebted to you. I will take the last place in the sentence in order for you to understand how important this is. I want this for you. I am burdened for you to hear this. I am burdened for you to understand the good news of what Jesus has done. You see, folks, just like Paul all the way back then felt indebted, When you and I would think they should be indebted to Him, He was burdened for them. And just like that, it has not changed from that moment to this moment. And I want you to hear the truth of something this morning, that the invite that we're talking about through this whole series about learning how to share, the invite always begins with a burden for others. It always begins with a burden for others. And we cannot start anywhere else. The problem is, is that we've gotten wrapped up in all of our modern world and our modern thinking. There's nothing wrong with science or those kinds of things. But we've gotten to this place where we feel like we have to be experts. And I can't say anything to anyone about faith until I have my creeds memorized and I have memorized the Bible and I know all the books and I know all the stories and I know how to argue and I know apologetics. And and no, Paul is teaching us that that's not where we start. Where we start is 
has God given you a burden for someone else to hear good news? That's where it starts for people of faith. And when we jump into all the things that we think we're supposed to do before we can speak, we miss the point. And we never invite someone. So the important thing today is not what do you know. It's to start with asking, do you have a burden? Is there someone that you know? And are you willing to let God place a burden on your heart to where you're indebted to them? You feel like there's something you owe to them because you want them to understand the goodness of a God who saves. You want them to understand what God has done in your life. It's just that simple. And if you're willing to take the last place in line of the sentence to begin to show the good news... But it begins with a burden. And that's where I want us to begin. I want us to ask ourselves today, and we're going to to shut down this teaching really quickly here, and we're going to move into a time of being quiet before God and asking God to ask us the question, Do you have a burden for someone? And if the honest answer is no, then the next question that we want God to ask us is, are you willing to receive one? I know this can be scary. But I don't want you to think about the scary part or whatever in the future or fear of rejection or whatever gets wrapped up in that. Today, it's all about... Do you have a burden for someone else to know the life-changing experience of Jesus Christ that you have had? And are you willing to let God place that kind of burden on you? You see, it's not just for the apostles. It's not just for St. Paul. I think he might object to that title. It's not just for pastors. Yes, I have that burden. And it was that burden that drove me to get at that education, that drove me to spend the thousands of dollars to, to learn how to interpret Scripture, to learn how to preach, to learn how to care for people in a pastoral setting. But God added that after He placed a burden on my heart for people to know the good, saving work that God did in my life. And I wanted to share that on with someone else. So let's start in the right place today. And let's go into a time where we quiet our hearts. I'm going to ask Deb to come and play something softly. Is that short enough? Here's what I want you to do. And if you're online, here's what I want you to do as well. You don't have to take out a piece of paper, but there's something about putting something down on paper that I think just helps. But you can take out your phone if you need to. Just don't let it disturb this time. Open your notes if you want to write that down. Or you can just think to yourself. But I want you to bow your heads. Close your eyes. 
want us to quiet our hearts before God. And I want you to go back to that moment where you felt Jesus save you. I want you to think about the good feelings. I want you to, maybe some of you felt released. Maybe for some of you it was the first time you believed you could do something. Maybe it was the first time you believed you were loved for who you were. Maybe it was a time where God literally set you free from a bad habit or an addiction. You've been able to look back. I want you to think about all of those things. I want you to go back and try to feel those feelings. I want to ask you a question. Don't you want that experience for someone else? So here's the question. Who are you carrying a burden for? Think about your family. I've been pastor here long enough to know that there are some of you who carry burdens for your kids. I know there are some who carry burdens around for their spouses. And if that's your burden, that's okay. But I'm going to ask you to expand that a bit. Because sometimes with those kinds of burdens, we're so close that we may have a little bit of ulterior motives in the hopes that they hear good news. So if that's your burden, I'm going to invite you real quick to pray, God, help me to trust you with my kid, my spouse, my family member. I'm going to pray you put that burden on someone else who can speak into their life. Like Pastor Jeff has talked about. What I'm going to invite us to do now is to begin to expand our thinking beyond our family. Who do you work with? Kids. Who are the friends in your neighborhood? Who are your classmates at school? Adults, who lives right next door to you? Who do you work with? Let their faces just go by mind but if one of them stands out I am I am fairly confident that 
that God might be saying to you, will you carry a burden for them? And that's the question you and I have to answer today. You online is what we have to answer. Am I willing to receive that person as a burden? To be in their debt? To want so badly for them to experience what I experienced in the saving work of Jesus? That I will put myself last in the sentence and I will find ways to serve, to help, to share with them the good news of what God has done in my life through Jesus. Take a moment and have that conversation with God. God will not place it on you without your willingness to accept the burden. Are you willing? Lord Jesus, come and deal with our hearts. Deal with my heart. May we be a burdened congregation like Paul was to the church he didn't even know. May we be able to say in our hearts, I'm obligated to those around me for them to hear the good news. I may not have the Bible memorized. I may not know all the theological terms. But just like that man in Scripture... I know that once I was blind and now I can see. Help us to receive Your burden, the burden of those outside these walls. And may we dare to serve. May we dare to share. May we dare to invite. Let it begin today, we pray and ask in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. If you wrote someone down, someone's name down, and, or if you wrote it in your phone, or you're just thinking about it, here's what I want, a challenge I want to give you. I want you to tell someone the name. Say, I, I feel God placed this person on my heart as a burden. And I want you to ask me about them. You can begin with just praying for them, praying for opportunities to share. Pray for open doors. But I want us to be accountable to one another. Don't just let this be a, a nice moment in a service and now we're going to take communion and go home. Share it with someone. And let them ask you, and remind you of the gift of the burden that you've been given. Will you do that? Folks online, will you do that? There's one thing I know. We're going to get to September 11th, 2022. 
And I want us to be praying about these burdens that God is placing on us as we move towards that date. And I'm going to ask you, and I'm going to work myself, on inviting someone to come with you on September 11th. We're going to get through Labor Day holiday. Unfortunately, I'm sorry kids, summer is going to come to an end. But I would love for September 11th to be a day when we invite. And I'm going to share what I hope will be a very simple message where they can hear good news and respond to the call of Jesus on their life. So they'll know that this is a place where they can belong. So will you do that? Will you share your burden? Will you pray for opportunity? And if the door opens, will you invite them for September 11th to come and be a part of the service here? I hope you'll say yes. And if they say no, that's okay. Just keep the burden. Keep praying. Keep waiting. One thing I'm sure of is that we will need help. All the help we can get from God in order to shoulder this burden. And that's part of why Jesus gave us a wonderful means of grace for our daily lives. To remind us that just like food and drink are necessary for our physical bodies, for the work that He calls us to, that His body and His blood give us everything we need spiritually to shoulder a burden for others. And so we're going to come to the table right now. And so if you're online, I invite you to find something in your home. If you're here in the building, let's go ahead and do the noisy part. Get the bread out and open all the, the crinkly bits make a little noise and let's get ready to receive bread and cup for the burden and the journey that God is calling us to as a congregation who is burdened for others. I want to remind you on the night that Jesus was betrayed he took bread and he broke it. He took a cup and he poured it out and he told his disciples this was his body and his blood. And he wanted them to have all of him inside of them. And he said, as often as you do this, you proclaim my death until I come. My death until I come. The humble part, the humble place. You stay in the humble place until I come. You carry the burden. I carry it with you until I come. Let me pray and bless the elements and your elements online. Lord Jesus, we believe that somehow, mysteriously, your Holy Spirit gives us grace through this ordinary bread and this ordinary juice. And that as often as we eat of it, you slowly make us into what we're eating. Your body, your presence here on earth. So we pray that you would take this bread and this cup and as we eat it, may we receive spiritual nourishment 
to shoulder the burden that we have asked you to give us. To give us wisdom and grace. To give us joy and peace and hope to share with those in our neighborhoods and in our workplaces and in our schools. For we pray this in your name. You hold up the bread. I would like to hold mine up, but it's already broken. (laughs) This is the body of the Lord Jesus Christ broken for you. Take and eat. Can you hold up your juice? This is the blood of Christ shed for you. Preserves you blameless unto eternal life. Take and drink. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your great sacrifice that opened a way for us. We pray that your grace will sustain us, that you will keep the person we are burdened for on our hearts and in front of our eyes. We pray for opportunity to share hope and joy and love and goodness, your goodness with them. And we pray that you would give us opportunity to invite them to a place where we know they will belong. And we pray and we ask all of these things in your name, Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Would you stand and receive this blessing? And now, my brothers and sisters, may you receive the joy of carrying a burden that Jesus has given to you. I pray that you will have opportunities to share in your neighborhoods, in your workplaces, in your schools, in your homes. And I pray that you will know the strength of the Spirit as you go out to share His goodness. I pray this in the name of the Father who is for you, in the name of the Son who is with you, and in the name of the Holy Spirit who is in you, one God forever and ever. Amen. God bless you. Go in peace. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us online. We'll see you next week. Have a great rest of your week. Thank you for tuning in to Cross Communities Podcast. We hope you will join us next week.